0: Hello, and welcome to the Friday Reporter Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa, and the podcast is in partnership with PR Daily, which is the preeminent brand for public relations professionals delivering news, advice, opinions, and benchmarking via prdaily.com. Join me there to find more episodes for the podcast. And if you like the podcast, please do leave a review and share it with your colleagues so that more folks can find it online. Thanks so much. Well, hello, and thanks for joining me for another episode of the Friday Reporter Podcast. Today's guest is a longtime friend and just a tremendous asset, not only to the world of communications and media, but also to the local space in the Atlanta, Georgia region. My good friend, Andrew Snorton, the founder of Creative Community Solutions, is a published, a published author. Um, he does some really tremendous media work, and he's also just a great communications consultant, and I had to have him join me today for the show. Andrew, thanks for being with me.
1: Well, thank you for extending the opportunity. And I hope to you and your amazing audience, hope everyone's having a great day and a great week.
0: Thank you so much. And it's just, it's always to me so fun to connect about the work that you do, Andrew, because so much of our worlds have overlapped. Obviously having, well, we went to high school together, full disclosure, right? We've known each other for what feels like a (laughs) lifetime. Um, But how is it? Tell me a little bit about your background. Obviously we both grew up in New Jersey, but now you're in the Atlanta region, which really is an exciting place to be. There's so much going on there. Tell me a little bit about Creative Community Solutions and what it is you do at your company.
1: Sure. Well, as you noted, pretty much grew up in in New Jersey uh, through elementary, middle, and high school. Uh, attended college at Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I've been in metro Atlanta since 1996. Mm-hmm. And with my uh, group, Creative Community Solutions, LLC, there's basically three primary branches. There's our education-based services, and a lot of it ties in with my previous time working in public education. And that ranges from your traditional tutoring, virtual tutoring and and student coaching, as well as advisory work with a few nonprofits, as well as a couple of schools, especially if the standardized testing with the uh, ACT and SAT. Mm -hmm. And that even spills over into working with um, student athletics. So very thankful and grateful to all the schools, Organizations ranging from uh, Upward Bound up at the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, and other venues where I've been able to just kind of get my, you know, just leave a positive footprint and try to leave the space, you know, in a better place than when I when I entered sure. on the press and media. And it's definitely been exciting, especially in the last few years. Independently. The coverage I mainly do is in college athletics, so college football with my alma mater, Wake Forest University. Mm-hmm. I've also covered some historically black colleges and universities, especially in tandem with black college sports group 360. Right. So with their HBCU Diamond Classics that took place in Jacksonville, Florida, Nashville, Tennessee, frisco texas doing hbcu coverage uh i've done minor league hockey uh professional bull riding no i'm not gonna get on a bull anytime soon but (laughs) i have covered pbr uh minor league baseball and some of the great things With covering that sport, a number of the players I've interviewed are now on major league rosters. I also have a media partnership with Status Network, which is based here in Atlanta, Georgia. So the broadcast that I have is called The Conversation Corner. And under the umbrella of entertainment, business, community and more, I've had a wide range of guests from fellow uh, people in media, sports, arts and entertainment, community-based community based and more so i'm looking forward to making sure to tap into more of those type of elements and then as a published author since when since my debut in 2017, I've released four books. I have an audiobook series, and I've been very fortunate to either be a participating author or speaker at some key festivals, including, but not limited to, the Mississippi Book Festival, mm-hmm. uh, the Detroit Book City Book Festival, uh, the East of the River Book Festival, which took place in Washington, D.C. a few years ago, as well as others. So I'm very you know, excited with the work that's taking place, looking forward to the work that's on the horizon. And like anybody in your respective field, vocation, whatever you want to call it, you know that there's, you have to learn something new every day. You're always trying to expand the tools in your toolbox. And that allows you to move in so many different constructive spaces and places.
0: Absolutely true. And it's to me, I I love that. I love that that's your piece of your takeaway from all of that is to be learning something new every day i I'm reflecting primarily on the fact that we are just a couple of days post the oscars and uh And what was interesting to me to watch, I only watched a little bit because I went to sleep early, no you know full disclosure here. Um, you're never done, right? That's the one thing that I took away from that that i I've heard people say over the course of time so many of those that won awards this year were people that have been at this for so much time right i mean you think about the um the actor that won uh for uh for best actor right and he was the guy who my goodness he was data in the goonies when you and i were infants um and now he's got himself an oscar as a really an advanced and older Um, actor. So I I sort of reflect on that because so much of your journey has really just continued to be just finding something new, identifying a new opportunity, leveraging the work that you've done in the past for leverage you've done in the future. That's so, to me, tremendous. I have to ask though, writing a book, I ask this of a lot of my guests, Andrew, because I've had a lot of journalists that also have been authors. Will you tell me a little bit about how did you do your first book? Cuz the first one's always the hardest they say, right?
1: Oh goodness. You know what? You you bring up an outstanding question. As we've all heard, the hardest thing is getting started. Yeah. The next hardest thing is getting finished. Yeah. To be honest with you, so my first book was really it, it there's here's here's the story behind it. So I was previously writing for an online magazine, Examiner Dot com And I wrote for them from uh, March of 2010 until the summer of 2016 mm-hmm. when they got bought out. And you know how some thought as you all know, things happen. Yep. So I wanted to figure out how to expand or stretch my writing. So I reached out to two colleagues, Tyressa Ty, as well as Darius Gordine, who are published authors. And they gave me some very good feedback in regards to how to stretch and expand my writing. And the true story is my very first book was actually supposed to be a book of political essays because the 2016 elections were going on. It was a very interesting time then. And you can say that. Again. Up ha- yeah. So what <laughs> ended up happening, full disclosure, I made the cardinal mistake of not backing up my manuscript on flash driver in the cloud. No. So when my laptop crashed, um, While one of my colleagues was able to help me recover a lot of items, that was one of the items that didn't get recovered. So I'm not going to repeat every wonderful word that I said for about 10 or 15 minutes. But (laughs) after getting over that initial shock, I knew that I wanted my second book to be poetry based. And then I kind of realized, you know what, maybe as bad as that crash was. Maybe that was the pause and pivot I needed to do the book I was really supposed to do. So my very first book uh, debuted February 2017, titled Deeper Than Your Deepest Sleep, Thoughts on Love with Joseph Snorton. And the backstory behind the title is I was very fortunate to attend the memorial service that was held for Dr. Maya Angelou. As many people are aware, Dr. Angelou, poet laureate, outstanding author, actress, community activist. I mean, that's just an understatement. Icon, But she was also an yeah. icon. Definitely. She was also on faculty at Wake Forest University. So I was part of the um, audience that was there for the ceremony, which featured uh First Lady Michelle Obama, former President Bill Clinton, the late Cicely Tyson, Oprah Winfrey, and other dignitaries. Well, what happened is when I received my email invitation, it was in the name of Joseph instead of Andrew. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, typos happen like Andrew to Adam, Andrew to Alex. But you go from Andrew to Joseph. That's like half the alphabet. (laughs) So. So me being the youngest in the family and probably the silliest one, I asked my parents if there was something they needed to tell me and they looked at me (laughs) like I had lost my mind, (laughs) but true story. I ended up doing some digging and research and there's a distant relative of mine by the name of Joseph. Mm -hmm. So the book is basically a poetic retelling of our conversation. And we looked at the action of love through the lens of family relationships. Community relationships, people in your life, people no longer in your life, self reflection, and other themes. But unlike a lot of poetry, what we did is the beginning of each chapter is a portion of the conversation. That way, the reader knows the context. So when they get into the poem, it's easier to draw connections because sometimes poetry, as creative and powerful as it is, sometimes people get lost in the sauce. And instead of, you know, coming up with this great masterpiece that people might not understand. I had no problem with giving people context. So now you can draw connections and then see, Hey, is this something that is a parallel experience or is this a new experience? So that's how the first book got started and subsequent books, as you're probably figuring out, every process was different. Like my second book, nine stories of faith took a lot longer because it was interview based And the two main questions I asked of the people who I interviewed is, what is your biggest daily challenge? And all of us understand the adage, all of us are dealing with some type of issue. But there are some people that are dealing with some real serious issues day after day after day. Mm -hmm. So people I interviewed opens up about what it's like living with a physical health challenge like multiple sclerosis a mental health challenge like bipolar disorder where they weren't properly diagnosed and almost killed themselves a life after incarceration but not only through the lens of their respective faith and the people I interviewed are of Christianity Hinduism or Islamic background Mm -hmm. so not only through the lens of their faith but what are best practices in health and wellness that you're using what about your support network of family, friends, and loved ones just to help be that you know cheering section yeah. and accountability section? But then how have you changed your way of thinking so it's more of a mindset of this is something I live with versus something I have? Mm-hmm. Because if it's something you have, it's something that can have ownership over you. But if it's something you live with, you can keep it in perspective. So through the lenses of how do people – still live positive and powerful lives through their biggest daily challenges. Yeah. But on top of that, having a better interfaith conversation. So now it doesn't mean you have to subscribe to one or the other, but if we identify common threads throughout our faith community, maybe it means it's better conversations within that faith community. And maybe it means improved community advocacy for whatever community issues, social issues. And, and actually in the intro of nine stories of faith, I use the Islamic greeting while Alaikum, Alaikum which is basically peace unto you and peace back. Mm-hmm. And so you think about how some churches use the friendship, um, I'll say tradition of passing the peace or extending fellowship yeah. in principle, you're saying the same thing. So it doesn't mean you have to necessarily subscribe to one or the other. But if we have a better conversation, you never know where we find commonalities and where we can, you know, build and just do something better and do something more constructive. And then, of course, the third book goes in a totally different direction, Nothing Minor, which is based on my coverage of minor league baseball. Mm. And what I made sure to do is I was very intentional with interviewing African-American players because we know on the major league level it's less than 10 percent. Of the uh, pop of the population who plays major league ball. So in addition to the player interviews, which are extremely insightful, not only about the game, but how you can transfer those things to everyday life and the game recaps. Um, there's two special sections in there. One is a feature on the Negro Southern League Museum in Birmingham, Alabama, which mm-hmm. has a tremendous amount of resources and I'll say, you know, game paraphernalia, exhibits, all that type of thing, yeah. and it interlocks with the minor league ballpark where the Birmingham Barons play. And the Birmingham Barons are affiliated with the Chicago White Sox, but on top of that, they get their name after the Birmingham Black Barons of the Negro Southern League.
0: Oh, I so, didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so now all of a sudden, you have a minor league team, which each and every day when they play they're actually indirectly paying homage to the negro league team that played there years ago that's awesome and then another feature is an interview with one of the umpire supervisors who explains the game from that vantage point so now it's not only engagement for fans of the game coaches it's pulling out transferable items but it could be different pathways to sports. So now all of a sudden you could be grooming the next generation of, let's say managers or scouts or people in communications or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the current release quotes and notes, something's on the horizon. It's part think piece because it's a bunch of original quotes with the exception of one, which I borrowed from my grandmother. And so the quotes out there a logic and rationale, breaking it down, like, what does it mean to me? But instead of me being coming from the mountaintop with this body of knowledge, it's like, here's things that work for me. And I leave spaces for people so they can jot down whether they agree, whether they disagree, do they want to go deeper? Because as we both know, what you put in your head eventually is going to come out in some way, shape or form. So if we're able to find ways to just kind of pause and pivot now all of a sudden maybe you uncover that creative talent that you didn't think you had or maybe it means wow I can plan and organize that trip or you know add to my toolbox or whatever. Yeah. Just the importance of pausing and pivot during these fast-paced times are, are things that we can do. So those are the four books. And then the audiobook series, the authors mixtape is totally different. You can tell I'm like kind of tapping into my creative. Well,
0: you know, but let me pause first, pause you for one second there, because the one thing that stood out to me in our earlier conversation, when we talked about sort of doing an episode together, was that you are continually in a mindset of creating. And that is something that I think we can all use a little more advice about. So, we're going to, I want to hear more about the audiobook series before I get to that. But I want you to know that that's really the one thing that struck me in our earlier conversation about you is that you have that, that muscle that some of us are really looking for, right? How do we, how do we get to that creative space? How do we find these? Because each and every one of your books has a common thread. And that thread is that you're curious, you have this curiosity about really tremendous things that people want to know more about <clears throat> but you also offer inspiration and thought through that because of the way that your your brain works in the creative space um so that's really to just a footnote on on your stories about the books is what really stood out to me is that I really admire that and I think that that's something that really is what's made you so successful is that you have that ability to see new and cool avenues and ways to educate and share information
1: thank you thank you and and, and taking that point I think we all, as hard as it can be based on what we're doing with our families or professional lives, community lives, I think a lot of it is just go sit down somewhere for a minute. And, and sometimes when you sit down somewhere, you slow down the moving parts and then you kind of pause and think. And I think all of us to varying degrees still want to connect with that younger version of us. Like, you know, you've heard so many times like, you see little kids and you see the energy that they have and curiosity and things along those lines. Who's to say that we don't, we can't keep elements of that. So you think about anyone that's changed careers. Part of the reason you change careers is because it might've been an energy shift or you connected with something, you know, intrinsically or it's like I just want to do something different, mm-hmm. you know. I don't want to just get vanilla ice cream all the time. Let me get some sprinkles or some different flavors or whatever. Yeah, or you think about like in that same vein, there's things that we're already doing that tap into us being creative and doing something different. Think about places you've traveled, you might have traveled someplace that you never thought you would, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's across country or overseas. And part of it was you you were curious, you had an interest, you did some research, you might have talked with people who might have done it. And then when you're at a comfort level and whatnot, maybe you did those three days across country or five days on a cruise or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of pausing and recognizing like when you, you know, raise that point about the different directions the books have gone in or the different things I've been able to cover part of it is we already have curiosity within us. We already have questions within us. Mm -hmm. We just need to pause, sit down and bring those out and see what are things that are aligned with our larger goals of, you know, our holistic growth, personal growth, professional growth, community growth. Like all of us have the capacity to do it. So why not tap into it? And, and, I think it's one of those we're all going to have regrets. There's all going to be some things that we, quote, might not be able to do. Mm-hmm. But let's take inventory of what we've been able to do. Let's not short sell the fact that, I don't know, you've seen the Atlantic Ocean or you've been outside the country or you've met, you know, famous people. Heck, I went to high school with you. That's a blessing for crying out mm-hmm. loud. Um you know, just let's take inventory of what we've been able to do and build off of those. And you never know where it can take you. And even before tapping into the audiobooks, I think it's one of those when I pause and sit down and take note of what I've been able to do writing wise, what I've been able to do press and media wise. Lisa, there are spaces and places that I've been able to go that I didn't imagine. I'd be able to go. I believe it. And I think for anybody out there, you know, just realize, celebrate what you've been able to do but pause and use that as a springboard for what's next. Mm-hmm. So what's next might be going to a different sporting event that you've never gone to or like the bull, like,
0: to... like bull rotting for instance.
1: Well, I, I mean, go, I mean, if you look, if you want to get on the bull, no, 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 huge. thank you. I'm not talking <laughs> to you. Maybe your audience might want, Hey, look, if that's what you want to do. Do research, do research before you do it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, who's to say that, you know, you don't go to a different type of sporting event or you go to the art gallery or you go to the outdoor, you know, block party or what have you, or instead of jogging, you go for a walk and you slow down and you take pictures of the birds and stuff floating around. I mm. mean, it, it, like, you don't quote, always have to know what it looks like, but you can have an idea that, Hey, there's something else out there that I'd like to, look at as a growth experience. And it doesn't always have to be monetary. It can be, you know, a different perspective, a different understanding, a different, wow, yeah. I don't have to go to the same spaces and places over and over again. I can go somewhere different.
0: Is that um, how? Is that how you approach the show, The Conversation Corner?
1: Yeah, I think, Lisa, that's a great question. Uh, I guess for me with The Conversation Corner, having had guests from people in Congress, to folks doing great community work, to one of the things that we talked about previously, one of the current student athletes at Howard University who's Mm -hmm. on their swim team, he was a guest on my show as a high school student. I think for me, yeah, I think for me, when I use the moniker of entertainment business community and more, it's a reminder to me to not limit myself.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know, and the same thing holds true with the Events that I've been able to cover. It's great. On one day, I'm talking with members of Congress, and then the next day, I'm at a faith based event where they're doing some groundbreaking work community wise. And then I'm covering Meyer League Baseball, where one of the players I interviewed is a fellow Wake Forest alum. He's a lot younger. than I am, but I'm talking with a fellow Wake alum and then, you know, the next day is um going to an art gallery exhibit. Mm -hmm. I mean, there there's and and even on the college football end, if you had told me in the four years I've covered college football that one of the players, student athletes I got to interview is a fellow you know, Mammoth County, you know, grew up in Mammoth County, is now playing professionally for the um, Los Angeles Chargers wow. um, to have covered two bowl games. I mean, I might not, and and I said this in the current book quotes and notes, you don't necessarily have the size of your platform is important, but the most important thing is understanding you have one. And just like what you're doing, you're using your platform and you're helping amplify some amazing narratives. And that's helping you move in different spaces and places. That's what I try to do. Whenever I'm on the other side of the mic. Um, So, yeah, so I guess bringing it back into the whole curiosity thing, sit down for a moment, take time to breathe and pause, ask yourself, what is it something that you always wanted to do? And you might not do it in that exact way, but maybe you're able to do it in some way where you draw a connection or. Every once in a while, be, be, it's okay to be a little bit different. It's okay to cut across the grain. It's okay to go on the other side of the tracks or what that. have you. Like, like why, limit, why limit yourself, especially while you're physically and mentally able to? Why, why not do it if you can? Mm-hmm. And it, you know You might not do everything, but when you sit down and pause and look at what you've been able to do, that's probably a little bit more than what you thought. And absolutely. Feed off of those things into the next, whatever the next interview, the next topic, your next career move, or whatever. Just,
0: I, I love it. I, absolutely. And I think the other thing too, Andrew, is have the courage to put it out there. And you really have. I mean, you've four books, audio books, a show, a successful business, educating and and really inspiring people. I mean, it is to me, it is just exactly the kind of courage that we all need to just have confidence in ourselves and to put it out there because someone else is really they're they're already looking for that information and and they're lucky that you've you know had the courage to go ahead and put it out there
1: Either courage or just being a big kid and not being aware of all the consequences well, that come but with you know, it. but you uh, said okay. it
0: yourself, you said it yourself, right? If we had a little bit more of that, a little bit more of that playful nature and that willingness to try as we did as children, we may all feel a little bit more fulfilled as adults.
1: you know it exactly and and um and, and and sometimes you know just have a little faith like. Even when I think about students I work with, it's like have high expectations, but give yourself a little bit of grace. Like a mistake isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like Mm -hmm. you learn how to do things differently. You learn how to do things better. You see things from a broader perspective or you realize, hey, my view might not be the best view or the only view for something. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Just try. Uh, I mean. You know what happens when you don't try. So you might as well. You're disappointed. (laughs) Yeah. You might as well see what happens. Yeah.
0: Well, Andrew, this show is only 30 minutes long. You and I could talk for 30 or 60 or 90 more, but I'm going to have to cut us today and ask you my final question, which is always, is there someone that you work with in the media space or close in to our space that you think might be a good future guest?
1: Oh, gosh. In the media space, there's a number of people I can think of. of right off the top, I'll say Sam Crenshaw, who's a veteran sports journalist here in the Atlanta area. David Grubb, who is another uh, sports journalist based out of uh, New Orleans, Baton Rouge. Those are two names that come to mind. I'll, I'll send you some more, but those of are Of those are the first two people that come to mind in the press and media space doing amazing work.
0: I love that. I love that so much. And yes, by the keep all of those ideas coming. Cause you know that I need all the great recommendations I can get for the show. And Andrew, thank you. Thank you so much. Keep up the amazing work and let's stay in touch.
1: Oh, definitely. Thank you again for the opportunity. Continue. Well, wishes with all the work you're doing into your audience. Hey, best wishes with all the good things you're working on as well.
0: And that's today's Friday reporter podcast, a podcast in partnership with PR daily, a tremendous and helpful guide for all things, public relations, find us there on their website and join us again for another episode soon. Thanks so much. On the morning of August 1st, 1966,